0: Welcome to Poets and Writers. This is Henry McCarthy coming to you from the beautiful Emory and Henry College campus, WEHC 90.7. We got a great guest for you. I'm really on the road today. I'm down here in Beaufort, South Carolina, and sitting in the car with me is someone that you're really going to enjoy listening to, and um, this is Tim Conroy. And some folks get him confused with Tim Conway. <laughs> That's right. A little right. humor here because we're going to launch in. Uh, first of all, i got to mention Pat and uh, Pat Conroy. And, of course, you've heard of Tim from some of Pat's books. So, Tim, as we like to ask around these mountains, where are you from? I'm a military brat, so I was, I was raised everywhere.
1: But, you know, I, I was born in, at the Bethesda Naval Hospital. And we were living at the time in Falls Church, Virginia.
0: Okay, and you made it down here to Buford, South Carolina and went to high school here. And let's talk a little bit about your brother, Pat, okay? And then we want to talk about your poetry because we're here at the Pat Conroy Festival today, and it's just marvelous, and many of you remember Pat Conroy from the great Santini and many of his books. So, talk a little bit about your brother first, and he went to high school here too. In elementary, is that right or he, high? School?
1: He did. He got, he got down here. We got down as a family when Pat was 16 years old. He crossed the bridge. He had moved. We had moved around so many times, and and you know the story he would tell is that you know he didn't have a home. You know he felt like he was homeless. He had moved so often. And my mom turned to Pat and said, make Beaufort your home. Make this place your home. And so Pat latched on to Beaufort like a barnacle. And it became uh, a place that latched on to him, too. And he had this incredible high school experience um, here. He he, uh, met friends that became his lifelong friends and and this town really took his soul uh it's such a beautiful i hope you all get down to visit here because
0: it's such a beautiful place well you folks around the valley here i know you want to come to buford south carolina and get down and see this beautiful water and this beautiful little town and Tim, we come out of uh, uh, Abingdon, Virginia, in uh, southwest Virginia, in the valley there. So we're very proud of that. And, you know, Pat had a connection with Abingdon. He came up there and visited Janice Owens. And we did an event there at the library for him for a bunch of us read. So we're definitely, we love Pat Conroy. I have, this is a little trite question, but my buddy, the postman over in um, Damascus will wonder about this and that is what's your favorite book of pads is that a fair question yeah
1: that's a fair question and, and it's really hard you know each book you know i can i can point to one of the things i i really uh, am amazed at because uh you know he was pretty young when he wrote the water is wide and i think that's the book that non-fiction book is really where he found his voice but I also, I, I loved, later later on, I loved The Great Santini. Um, you know, that was a, a book where, that really c- captured the sort of essence of the family. It captured the essence of the intensity of my father. And uh, but you know, I could go on and on. And well, so.
0: yeah, and and this is interesting. And forgive me for yeah. being personal, and asking personal questions, but that's almost impossible not to and ask. That's them what that's what we day. do, right? That's, that's what my, Pat did, yeah, and yeah. he and he made us all feel yeah. good about yeah. our families, yeah. and all be honest about our families. So, how was it growing up with with your father in a military family? Uh, how how was that to you, and how did you? Was it different than Pat's experience, or was well, it you so? know
1: Pat was thirteen years older. And so, you know, th- there is that difference of, of how parenting changes with with practice, uh, but the essence of the intensity was there. I mean, my father was a Marine aviator. He was a warrior. He went to Vietnam uh, twice. He was in he he fought in Korea, um, and you know when he would go off. Um, you know, he would, it would take a little bit of time for him to adjust back. Um, and, you know, he didn't talk about, you know, just like most military people that have fought in combat, you don't really talk about those things. Uh, and you hold those things in. And, um, but, I mean, it, it, it took him a while to adjust back into sort of his uh, sort of family life. And we all would give him his space when he got back. But he, you know, he was a, the great Santini, you know, you probably heard, you know, many stories about how they, Pat and and Dad really fought when that book came out, because Dad just, um, you know, hated the book when he read it. And then he learned to love the book. He really kind of took it to heart to have sort of a change of heart, and he became a different man. He loved the movie. Boy, did he think Robert Duvall was great. And you know, so, you know, it's just funny how sometimes something like a book or
0: a movie can change a family's dynamics. Well, there's so many funny, uh, you know, what I love about Pon, Pat Conroy and what I love about your family. Well, one thing I, I love uh, the idea of the Irish because my last name is McCarthy. And incidentally, this is Henry McCarthy coming to you from the beautiful Emory and Henry College campus. But we're talking here. We're having a great jo- time talking with um uh, uh tim today and about his brother uh pat conroy and talking with tim but i love the humor pat could was like a stand-up comic as you know you know even you know i i
1: probably saw him speak in public 150 times and i can count maybe twice where he had a note on him he would just get up there and tell stories and that's what he did he never really read from his books When he did those author things he didn't like to read from his books once he was done with his book he was done he just wanted to connect with people and that's what
0: he did well i first met him through nancy olson at quail ridge books down in raleigh north carolina and he was so gracious but he would he made all of us aware of the importance of family and also dealing with our families. And and I just, uh, I've had many people, I've had people come up to me, lady not long ago in Abingdon, Virginia, and she said that book Prince of Tides saved her life. You know, that it doesn't get any better than that in the sense that someone has had such an impact on your life. And he was also a fan, a big fan of Thomas Wolfe, as he, you know. He was. There's a story, you know, I'll connect this back with
1: kind of poetry. Because when uh, Gene Norris, his English teacher, took him to the Thomas Wolfe house in Asheville, and Gene, they, they take this, um, they go inside the house, they see the bedroom, they walk outside, they, uh, Gene makes Pat pick this apple from the tree and say, there is a connection between life and art. Eat this apple. And so, you know, this great lesson from this English teacher on the way back, they stop uh, near the Santee River and they, they go to Archibald Rutledge's house, the poet, the writer. And Rutledge invites him into the house, shows Pat his writing room. He's even working on a poem and says, He asked Pat, who's this high school student, what would you do to fix this poem? How can you, what, what do you see? What do I need to do? So they talk this. this You know, this wonderful writer gives Pat this lesson on how to treat a student. Pat takes that to heart for the rest of his life. He treats people that come up to him like Rutledge treats him that day. Rutledge takes him around the grounds of the the Santee River, the plantation, beautiful grounds. What do you see? And Pat, you know, starts talking about what he sees. And Rutledge says, you need more details. You need to know what type of rose bush. You need, and he goes and he gives him that lesson that's so important to a writer. And then he goes, What do you want to be, Pat? Do you want to be a writer or do you want to be a poet? And Pat says, I want to be a poet, sir. And then, re- really, when Pat graduates from the Citadel and he comes back and he starts teaching at Beaufort High School before the DeFusky job. He starts writing poetry, but he can never find his voice in poetry. Uh, he ends up taking a class at the University of South Carolina, and this is about 1971, and he takes James Dickey's class. And I have revisited these notebooks where he still has, in the rare book collection at the University of South Carolina, there's a notebook. Of, the, of, of Pat's notebook when he took that class and you can see him struggling with poetry struggling with these poems and at the back of the notebook you see a short story that he's, he's, he's writing he's sort of even giving up on poetry during the class and he's writing this short story and in the margin you see these words find the rhythm of your language and stick with it and that's what
0: Pat did Find the rhythm of your language and stick with it. Well, all you folks out there, writers and all of you, we write poems in our hearts every day, but we're often afraid to share them. So as I say, send me a few lines to McCarthyHenry at Yahoo.com and we'll put them on. But you heard those words, about the rhythm of finding that voice and finding what's within you. Tim, you have gotten into writing now, of course. You know, we've talked, and I want to ask a few more about the family, but there, one thing, let me just say, I've met your brother Mike, I've met uh, Kathy. Mm-hmm. So there are four or five members of your family. Talk a little bit about your family. Yeah, uh,
1: my, uh, Carol? My, yeah Carol is, um, my, my eldest sister Carol lives in New York, and she is a published poet when uh, she has a book of poetry called the beauty wars her first um, poetry collection is called the jewish furrier and when pat was working on the prince of tides and this is probably a familiar story to some um, pat was going to use two of carol's poems from the beauty wars in uh, the prince of tides but carol really did not like the portrayal of the character that was being based on her Savannah Wingo. And so she did not give Pat permission to use two poems from the the book, The The Jewish Furrier. And so Pat had to write the poems that appear in the book kind of at the last minute. And, um, you know, I'll let you go back and as if your curiosity uh, leads you this way to look at those two poems that Pat wrote in The
0: Prince of Tides. Okay, that's Carol. Now, Pat was the oldest. Yeah, Pat was the oldest. And then there was Carol.
1: And then I I have a brother, Mike, who uh, uh, is just a a hilarious brother. Um, Then a sister, Kathy, who lives in Beaufort. Uh, She's sort of the heart and soul of the family. took care of my father so lovingly when he was going through his cancer, his colon cancer. Um, And then I have a, a brother, Jim. Of course, my brother, the youngest brother Tom committed suicide um, and and it was really a blow to uh, all of us but especially my father I mean he I don't think he ever got over it but um, and he my brother Tom uh, died at the age of 33
0: so that's your family, and that's yeah. the family that Pat writes about, and and you're a very lovable family. And you know what? The, this little radio show that I started out as Zazie's Coffee as mm-hmm. a lark has just taken me, literally, in all over the world. And I've met, I've done this program in Hong Kong, China. I've done it locally, of course, and we've had a number of great local writers. But coming down here and getting to know you guys, and in loving Pat's mm-hmm. books, and then getting to know the family. And and I have to say that I know that some of Pat's writing had to be embellished. Yes. And, and as I told Kathy this morning, now I have a family, trust me, that we're getting pretty close. And there are areas we can top you in, you know what I'm saying? But Pat was also a writer with some imagination. And I believe your dad would refer to this book of fiction, right? Oh, yes, yeah. he
1: would. And, and uh, you know, they had disagreements on on the essence of that book, the Great Santini. But like I said, I, I, I'll tell you I, I really think he caught the essence, the intensity, the sort of uh, the, the the truth of the book is a work of fiction, but he caught the truth and essence of my father in that book. I'll tell you this this one thing and I, I really just want to um, say thank you uh, when my brother, died um two years ago you know it was a big blow and so many people reached out with love and support and you know one of the things we're not the only family that have lost a dear person so you know it's um we all are in this thing together and we just got to remember
0: that Absolutely. Now we want to talk about, you've come to poetry. You were a teacher. You were a special ed teacher, correct? And having taught at Appalachian State and been a dean up there and trained teachers, that is a very taxing and very, I just admire you so much in that work.
1: Well, you know, Pat always encouraged me to write poetry, but I was taking that that sort of professional path. And so it, it was... I was really spending a lot of energy uh just being a teacher. It requires um, an intensity, and I was devoting um you know my my energy to that to be as as good as I could as a teacher but i every so often I would write and and send Pat um, a piece here and there, and he'd always encourage me. I never entered his house without leaving with a stack of books of, of poetry that he would say, Tim, you have to read this one. You have to read this one. Uh, when, you know, the tragic tragedy of Tommy's uh, suicide, when that happened, we um, we sent each other a bunch of uh, poetry to help heal. Um, it, uh, both both of us were suffering so much. And poetry, like Mary Oliver's poem, uh, The Wild Geese, uh You know, poetry became part of how we kind of made, you know, uh, healed and got through that process. Um, You know, one of the things, I'll pivot quickly to what I've done in my book is called Theologies of Terrain. Okay, the
0: title of your book is, again, give the title for it. It's it's Theologies of Terrain. And this is your poetry book, and uh, this is by Tim Conroy. You know, let's talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I tried to, you know how we all have significant places in our lives, how whether it's a, um, whether it's Pats Bufort or a street in Columbia, or um, whatever whatever memories you attach to a place. Uh, part of that is the essence of this book. Um, and so you know part of it is an exploration of how the sense of place creates so much meaning, it almost becomes theology. And so, you know, this is a a collection of poetry. There's 32 poems in this book. And there's a lot of this really book came out of the urgency after Pat passed away to, to get off my butt and do something he always wanted me to do. Which was the right poetry, and you know, part of me I always held back because, you know, you you expose yourself, you you're vulnerable, and you risk utter disaster and failure. But I kind of got over. You know, once he died, I said, man, I just have to do it, and and it was a healing process for me to sort of write this book. Uh, there's a poem about him in this book. There's a poem about my brother Tom. There's a poem about my mother and grandfather. So it's really a um a poem i think that connects up with with our story yes
0: and i've enjoyed reading your book and i'm going to give you one point and then you give me a point back that you like okay. okay and we're coming to you this is wehc 90.7 this is henry mccarthy poets and writers we're in buford south carolina we're really on the road and I'm talking with Tim Conroy, of course, uh, Pat Conroy's brother. But now Tim's becoming so famous, it's going to be the reverse. And we're sweating here in my car, but the sound is great, isn't it, Tim? Oh, it's been we, wonderful we, talking we, with you. We've got birds in yeah. the background. Right, now, the poem I, I caught my attention is the one one morning your dad gets a job as a Pinkerton. He's got you out. Talk a little bit about that poem. Yeah, there's a poem
1: that is called Assurances. And I, this this is a poem that starts the book, and the second line of the poem has a question: Will we be all right? And the book ends actually uh, with a poem called "The Best Part," and it ends with two questions. And but anyway, this this uh, this exploration of place may be more about the questions I have, um, how meaning. Uh, comes to your
0: life. Well, um, you're riding around, and and he tells you to go check. You know, he's got the yeah, eagle he's, eye. He's, uh, yeah, he's, going uh,
1: back to the poem, he... he. I'm going up as a young sophomore in college. He's retired from his... Uh, you know, he was a full colonel, a uh, marine aviator. And he just didn't want to sit on his butt. He wanted a job when he retired. And so he got a job as a Pinkerton on the third shift. And, and he was living in Atlanta, and he would be patrolling probably the most dangerous warehouses, um, stretches in Atlanta, neighborhoods that you could see in the, in the inner city. And he would get me to ride along with him. And if he saw a door cracked open, he would say, check it out, Jocko, and hand me the flashlight. And I would say, Dad, this is your job. What do you mean? <laughs> check it out. And so, but I would go reluctantly up to those uh, open doors and, and have a flashlight and, you know, I would see the, maybe some drunks inside the warehouse, and I would just kind
0: of close the door
1: <laughs> and it, it, get back in the car. And then he would
0: praise you for it <laughs> yeah, if you'd done yeah. a good job. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, Tim, you give me a poem from your book, and the title of your book, once again, is it's... Uh,
1: Theologies yeah. of Terrain. Okay. And, you know, there's a, a poem I l- love. It's about the, the low country called Marsh Deer. Um, and a really, um, that poem speaks to me. Um, and it's about really the, the, the essence of that poem is risk taking.
0: Yes, that is a beautiful poem and I love the idea of terrain and you know down here in South Carolina And and at a time and I don't mean to uh, give an editorial that we're losing land all over the world and the green space There is so much nature here And then Pat had a beautiful way in his novels of describing the place and you are doing that now in your poetry I thank you And now I I have to, are you a fisherman, hunter or,
1: or I'm a big hiker the that's what i curve. that's what i love to do of course i've i love to you know I, I fish and i hunt you know and i love the outdoors but i lately my thing is just getting out in the woods and walking and i could do that forever and, and in fact you know just being in a you know well i live in columbia and and um you know we were lucky to enough to have the Congaree National Park absolutely, right there absolutely.
0: so it's just gorgeous and if you come up our way you know we have the Blue Ridge and, yeah. and Abingdon Virginia Southwest Virginia we have White Top Mountain and then of course we have the birthplace of country music down in Bristol have a lot of listeners and a lot of friends from down in Poor Valley the Carter family and gosh I had uh, Dell Carter Jed on my show and you'd love so that's an open invitation for you to come up in there and we'll take you well, well take I you sure do appreciate that all right, any closing comments? And, uh, I, you know, I have a poem out called, a poem, a book called Never Read a How To Book. So um, I'm a little uncomfortable getting your opinions on how to get people to write. But I do notice that your poetry does, it, it does what passes, it comes from the soul. Would you not agree? I would.
1: And I'll tell you one thing about the anybody aspiring to write at any age find your conviction, take the risk and push through. And, and without that conviction, there's a, there's a great poem by a, a poet, C.P. Kathophe, who is a Greek poet, who has this poem with the foreboding message that, you know, there's some that will say the great yes, and there's some that says the great no. And those that say the great no are liable to say it again and again and again. But what surprises me is you can say that great yes at any age.
0: So do it. Write. All right. Alright Tim, thank you for being on Poets and Writers today. It's been just a wonderful time here and we are down here in Buford, South Carolina, and and thank you for taking the time in this uh, car here and this uh, abode. Thank y'all for listening. All thank right. you so much. And this is Henry McCarthy saying, "Do not wait up for me. Do not be afraid to stay or still away. I'm going out to write a poem and watch the children play." Thanks again. Uh, here the holidays. Uh, in you go. Tip bon